Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, my name is Greg Sussman. What's going on, Frankie? Nothing. Just need a chance to catch my breath, Greg. You keep talking. Okay. Uh, on the program today, it is a waiver wire Tuesday, but you already knew that. The BFS will tell you who you need to grab at every position, but more importantly, potentially, who you need to drop. That's usually the harder question, and that's why Frank and I are here to help you out and to make sure that you're not making the wrong decision, as I did in both my matchups on yes- yesterday, uh, which I would have easily won if I would have started Robert Woods over a guy like Kenyon Drake, over a guy like Chris Hogan, over a guy like Cooper Cup. Make that start, wind up winning. Instead, I lost. Difference between 2-1, and one, or 3-0 and oh, potentially, and 1-2. and two. How are you feeling now? feel a little bit better, Greg. A little bit better. Frank, Frank, Frank got a haircut. I did, something like that. Oh, got, God, it looks Got a uh, beard trim as well. <laughs> uh, Frankie, well-groomed. Something like that. Sure. Still, let's, I, I'm going to get it trimmed down a little bit more. See what happens. Let's not, get in, not the beard. Let's the get into Monday Night Football here. What did you think yes, last sir. night, Frank? Um, I thought everyone was obviously writing off Ryan Fitzpatrick very early in the game. Yep. Um, no surprise. He, I mean, rightfully so. He had three interceptions, I believe. In the first half, um, but he turned it around. I mean, first quarterback to have 400 or more uh, passing yards in three straight games. First quarterback in NFL history. The NFL has been around a long time. Sure, it's no surprise that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the one out here breaking records. Fitz magic, baby. Yeah. So uh, look, he bounced back. 400 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, um, and I think do we? I want to question: Do we want Jameis Winston to be the starting quarterback for this team? Because given how well Ryan Fitzpatrick has worked with the Tampa Bay Bucks weapons, whether it's Mike Evans, who's got off to a phenomenal start, uh, Chris Godwin, who was targeted double-digit times last night, um, was getting force-fed targets in the end zone as well, ended up scoring that touchdown. Uh, looks like he's going to be a, a great player as well. Do we want Jameis Winston to come back and, and take over the, court, uh, the quarterback job? Frank, you already know the answer to that question. I don't think we, I don't think no. We why, would you, why would you want that? No. There's still something deep down inside that, that thinks James Winston has this huge upside. But I guess yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing yeah. what we always wanted James, James Winston, Winston to do. couldn't do any better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, doing. there's no way. I mean, right, fantasy look, there's no quarterback ever that's doing better than what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing right now. I don't think it's a question for fantasy owners, dude. I, I really don't. There is no question here. Like, you want Ryan Fitzpatrick to remain the starting quarterback. Very obviously. Like, Hello? They almost came back from 17 points down in the fourth quarter, and if it wasn't for a stupid decision, in my estimation, by Dirk Cutter, maybe they did. Like, to me, 
How do you, how do you punt? Two minutes and 48 seconds to go in the game. I get it. You're, you just had three brutal plays in a row. You're on your side of the field. How do you punt? If they get two first downs, the game is over. Yeah. If you hold them out of the end zone, no matter what, you got a shot. Terrible, terrible coaching. Yeah, just go for it there. But uh, look, if you were watching Ryan Fitzpatrick, he almost did it again, right? Like when they needed him most, it's like every pass that he threw on that final drive should have been intercepted. Like, that's classic Ryan Fitzpatrick. When the most pressure is on him, he just, like, throws balls in the air, like, without even looking. It's crazy. No, he doesn't um, care. On the other side of the and ball. And he'll also stay there yeah. and get demolished in the pocket. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's the least, un- least athletic rushing quarterback that we've ever had. For like, sure. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you don't, ex- like, ex- expect it from him. But five rushes for 27 yards. He's mobile. He can get outside the pocket. And, again, he's just going to wing it down the field. On the other side of the ball, um, I think garbage time really saved James Conner's day. I think before that final drive, he had like 15 yards. He ended up with 61 rushing yards on 15 carries. Uh, was also targeted six times, five receptions for 34 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but, um, you know, I thought Corey was crazy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of days where I think Corey is crazy, but yeah. for good reason. Um, I thought he was crazy when he was bringing up all these secondary wide receivers that are like now better than their counterparts. Juju Smith-Schuster now for, you know, more often than not this season has been better than Antonio Brown. Another game with 11 targets, more targets than Antonio Brown, more receptions than Antonio Brown, more than double the receiving yards than Antonio Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster is absolutely legit. I don't think... Like, I, I, we all thought Antonio Brown was going to have a better game than he did last night. God bless you, Greggy. Thank you. You know what's funny? Well, not really funny. Pretty pathetic, actually. Um, so I play in a player pool where it's a survivor player pool where you can't take the same player twice throughout the season. Um, there's a playoffs that start like week 12 and all the points reset, but you still can't take the same player twice. So last night, we had a, very, we had a first two good weeks really, really strong. The top 28 teams out of a whole lot um, make the playoffs. And... For the first two weeks, we were awesome. I picked really good teams. This week, like we knew going in, it was going to be a disaster, and it, it was. So the first two weeks, we had scored. It's a true fantasy, like a quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, a kicker defense. Um, through week, like week, week one, we put up like 185 points or something like that. Week two, we had like 160 points, something like that. So going into Monday night with a quarterback and a kicker left, Frank, we... Had 75 points. That's very bad. Very bad. Right. Yes. So our quarterback was Ryan Fitzpatrick, and our kicker was Chandler Canizara. And then we were talking yesterday, and I'm like, wait a minute. They both can't, like, do really well. Like, one of them will do well. We should probably take the kicker on the other team. We had already used Ben Roethlisberger, so we had Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's switch Chandler Canizara with Chris Boswell. <laughs> that, that worked poorly. For us. This is just a weekend of bad decisions for Greg Sussman. We couldn't do much right. <laughs> we couldn't do much right. I'm sorry for you, Greg. You don't really sound sorry. You kind of sound preoccupied, to be honest with you. Do you think it's troubling that Juju Smith-Schuster is outperforming Antonio Brown right now? Troubling for the Antonio Brown owner? Yeah. Yeah. We I, all thought that Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be the one affected by Antonio Brown. I remember when we were having all these arguments, when Michael Florio was still around, you guys were telling me, all these stats about how Juju Smith-Schuster only went off when Antonio Brown was out of the lineup, and it was true. And we were worried about, in games that Antonio Brown plays, Juju Smith-Schuster 
was going to take a hit. And now coming into the year, it seems like Antonio Brown is the one that's taking the hit because Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is, frankly, outperforming him. I saw, I saw a stat from Graham Barfield um, comparing the games that Juju Smith-Schuster has played without Le'Veon Bell, and right. those are games where he's gone completely off. I don't want to say that the trust is gone between Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, but they're not on the, they were not on the same page multiple times last night. Yeah, you when saw com- a deep a deep route down the left side. That that, that's normally game. like a comeback route, like and Antonio a back Brown shoulder throw. Just kept running. Antonio Brown normally knows when to turn around. It was the last third down of the game, and he just kept going. Just kept going, and Ben. You, know, you don't normally see that off. between those two. No question about it. Hasn't happened with Juju. There is this growing friendship, love, trust, whatever you want to call it. When it comes to Juju and the Schuster, that is there. I think it's absolutely possible that Juju is taking this role. Yes. So that tweet that I mentioned from Graham Barfield, uh, it's Juju Smith-Schuster's updated receiving lines in games without Le'Veon Bell. Nine for 141 and one on 10 targets, five for 119, 11 targets, 13 for 121 and one, 19 targets, nine for 116 on 11 targets. That was last night. In that span, Juju averages nine receptions per game, 124.3 yards per game, 12.8 targets per game when Le'Veon Bell is not in the lineup. Le'Veon Bell is clearly not the receiver. James Conner is clearly not the receiving threat that Le'Veon Bell was, obviously, when he was in the lineup. Like, he still gets targets and receptions more so than other running backs, but not to the level that Le'Veon Bell did. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. James Conner probably had his weakest game of the season. I probably did. Had his weakest game of the season last night. Do you think this brings any urgency for them to get Le'Veon Bell to show up? No. They won the game still. They did. I mean, it was a lot closer than it should have been. We were sweating that one out. Which, if you listened to us yesterday, we said we liked the Steelers, and we said not to touch the over-under, because it was going to be close. And it was right. on that, when it was 30-20, I was like, all right, you know, if the Steelers can hold the Bucks to a field goal here, we'll get it right. 30-23, maybe the game can end that way. Sure. But they scored a touchdown, and that gives me... Listen, but over, it was close. We it was knew it was going to be close. Yeah, absolutely. The over-under, the over-under was close, quite obviously. Um, and we liked, we liked the Steelers. We were right, Frank. That means I went to... Oh, that means I went to one of my picks. Great. Two and And I got one. Peyton Barber wrong, but I got Juju right. So. Yeah, so that's what I actually went to go look up. So Peyton, Peyton Barber started off running the ball well. Average 4.1 yards per carry. Eight carries, 33 yards. Obviously, he got game scripted. Yeah. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers was, by the way, brutal. Brutal running the ball, brutal pass blocking the ball. I don't understand it. I don't understand why he... That just tells you how low they are in Ronald Jones right now, that yeah. he is not active to the point where they have Jaquiz Rogers just running into the back of his offensive line, uh, not pass blocking well, as you mentioned. And then uh, on the target that was a pick six, I don't think that was his fault overall. Okay. I think like, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just overthrew him a little bit, but he was involved in that play as well. Yeah, I guess... So I think that Ronald Jones, I thought maybe it was made sense... You'd have to hold them on, on too longer or, or say goodbye. I thought that he would be a surprise active for this game. Like so did I, football, man. Maybe give him a few so touches, just get him involved, you know, sprinkle him in, let, the, let all of America and the rest of the world get a little taste of Ronald Jones, but that obviously did not happen. Greg, I've had a lot of people asking me, how long do I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to hold on to the job? And I think it's a pretty impossible question to answer. Yeah, it's a very impossible question to answer. He has it for week four that's already been announced. Week five will be the interesting I one. I think it'll be... The first game where Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that really like causes them to lose, that's where you're going to start hearing the murmurs. Right. Right. Who do they play this week? Do you know? Uh, I could pull that up. They're facing the Bears in Chicago. So that Tough game. Not be a great one. Tough game. But 
we'll say this. Their offense has put up 48, 27, and 27. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions, did not look good at times last night. You put up 27 points a game, you're probably not coming out. Oh, absolutely. If he does that again, then it won't. If he does that again, they should either win against the Bears because I don't know if the Bears can keep up with them or they'll lose because their defense was absolutely terrible. Yeah, 100%. Which could definitely be a possibility. Too. Easily. easily. Uh, the NFC South, by the way, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina, all sit at 2-1, and one. Atlanta one game back at 1-2. and two. We should also note that the matchups they've had, we know now that the Saints defense is terrible. Brutal. Like, it is back to being the Saints defense from two years ago and yep. every other year that Drew Brees was their quarterback. And I think the same thing could be said for the Pittsburgh Steelers, too. They're just not good. So th- those are teams that you really want to attack uh, when we see those high over-under totals, game totals for uh, against the Steelers and against the, the Saints. Those games are going to be shootouts. Um, Philadelphia, I think that was a game where Ryan Fitzpatrick really showed out. Uh, they're, they still do have some deficiencies against the pass. Uh, we know how good their front seven is. They limit the run all the time. But that was still impressive to do that against the Eagles defense. I thought so, I, I thought so too. Um Pittsburgh next week has Baltimore, which is, an, which is an interesting spot. Vance McDonald obviously had a huge game uh, last night. Jesse James was extremely quiet after his huge game the week before. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know what to make necessarily of Antonio Brown um, going forward. That's kind of all I have from the NFL football. I'm kind of just dragging now. Yeah. Steelers and Bucks. It's over. We're on to week four where we finally get two teams on by. The Washington football team and the Carolina Panthers. Carolina, Washington on by, which means the BFFs uh, have to start Dak Prescott. Is that our backup quarterback? <laughs> that oh. might be correct. Is and it? we have no Adrian Peterson, so we're screwed. Really? That's, yeah. That's an issue. <laughs> I'm, looking at our te- I'm looking at our team now. Yeah, so you're going to have to find ways to replace Christian McCaffrey. And so. we're going to do a waiver wire episode today, but there's ah, not a lot of running Dak backs. Dak Prescott about. versus Detroit. You're in the lineup. Nice. Great. Oh, we can start Aaron Jones. We don't have a choice. Start Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Always fun, Greg. Uh, we could do that. We could also start Frank Gore. Yeah, good times. We could start Mark, Mark Ingram on a, on a suspension. Might do better than Frank Gore. They had similar fantasy production last week. It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the buys do start this week. Thursday Night Football, man, with the Rams and the Vikings. That is tough. As the guy that owns Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to continue to say what I've said all year. I think Cooper Cup is the safest of all of them when they go up against right. teams that have strong outside cornerbacks, uh, which the Vikings obviously do with Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne. So I'm going to continue to ride that. I think Cooper Cup is the safest guy. But again, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, they're kind of proving that they're matchup proof regardless, right? Like if a team tries to shut them down one, then they're just going to go to Robert Woods a ton, which is what we saw last week. And Brandon Cooks, by all means, still did not have a bad game. No, he didn't. Like, they all have safe floors, and they have, are proving now that they all have big ceilings as well. You know what's really interesting is the other side, right? Marcus Peters out for two to four weeks, Akeem Tlaib potentially done for the year. Yep. Absolutely brutal injuries in the secondary for the Rams, and if their defense is letting up points, it's only going to be good for the offense. You're just going to have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I know taking the over on a Thursday night game, especially at 49.5, seems crazy. But I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. I think the Vikings are going to bounce back in a big way. I mean, to get embarrassed against the Buffalo Bills the way that they did. We spoke about it yesterday, how uh, that's the biggest upset in like 23, 25 years, something like that. Uh, and especially with those Rams cornerbacks out, Greg, I think Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are going to be in for big games. Not only that, the Rams haven't been great at shutting down tight ends this year either. Um, so, yeah, it looks like... 
all three of the main pass catching options in Minnesota are going to be in for productive weeks on Thursday against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, it's it'll be, it'll be obviously something you're going to have to monitor. Um, it's just tough for me, man. I am not going to know what to do. I'm not going to know what to do with that. I'm not going to know what to do with. Uh, just start both. Start both Rams wide receivers. Why wouldn't you? Who else do you you're have? playing the Vikings? Who else do you have? Calvin Ridley. Okay, and who else? Tomorrow. Is this the team where you have bad flex options? No. Oh, this is a good team. This is a good. This is a team that's one and two. It's, a, it's like it's a good team though. Like I put oh, a lot. Oh, it's of a good points. one and two. This it's a good one and two. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a bunch of points. I, I, I feel good about this team. The other one, there's yeah. just no hope. You're gonna start Jordan Wilkins again this week. I can't start Jordan. Wilkins <laughs> um, start sending out those Odell Beckham for three player trades again. I did Greg. yesterday, man. I propose. I told you you were around with me yesterday when I was proposing trades. I proposed a good trade. It was Odell Beckham for Keenan Allen and Marshawn Marshawn Lynch. Fair trade. Yeah, I'd say that. That's. It's not an unfair trade. I'd probably, if I was the other owner, I'd probably want another piece in return. Just something. He wanted me to throw in Ronald Jones. I said, sure. So are you going to do it? I said, yes. And then he said, yes, think about it. Okay. Sleep on it. Is that Max? No, that's not Max. Speaking of Max, it's Waiver Wire. Blow all his money if he has any left. Take a break. Let's get to the Waiver Wire. Particularly the rod receivers, the running backs. That comes your way next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. I thought we banned this song from the show. Uh-oh. Did we not? Own to pick with Bavona? We banned it. We said we're not doing it. We said we were not doing this. I get knocked down. Remember that? But I get up again. But people wanted, yeah, us, people, people wanted us to do this as a theme, down. and we were just like, absolutely not. Do you not remember that whole thing, Frank? Join it, Craig. That I remember. I do not remember this song being banned, but I'll never play it again. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. I wasn't I wasn't mad at you. I'm just you know, I didn't want I never said you were mad at me. I just didn't want Frank to start singing and then I get knocked down. BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service, fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a thousand dollar bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com. The promo code is FNTSY. So head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. Back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frankie, I wanted to get into the wide receiver ads for this week. And I was talking to you during the break about a particular one in Arizona. Josh Rosen's the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. We knew that much. Does this show an, an uptick in production from Larry Fitzgerald? Quite possibly, sure. But what I'm most interested in is Christian Kirk. He's pretty much available everywhere, right? Like, we're talking... He's 15% owned. 85% of leagues or so. How much are you spending on Christian Kirk on the waiver wire? 
especially in deeper leagues where he's likely the best option available. I'm willing to go as high as 7 or 8% of my remaining fab budget um, because I, I'm interested in what he could do with Josh Rosen. We spoke about this a lot last year and the year before. We, whenever we get a backup quarterback or a rookie quarterback coming in who's going to get an opportunity to start, you want to see who did they get to work with a lot throughout the preseason when they were running with the twos. That's going to be Christian Kirk. Josh Rosen worked a lot with him. They're both rookie players, obviously, coming in. They were they had rookie minicamp together. So, basically, as long as they've been professionals with the Arizona Cardinals, they've worked together. And Christian Kirk saw an uptick last week. He plays 74% of the offensive snaps. He's actually gotten better which uh, with each passing week so far this NFL season. I will say that he his 74% of snaps was still third on the team behind both Chad Williams and Larry Fitzgerald. But he led them in week three in targets with eight, receptions with seven, receiving yards with 90, air yards with 71, which is interesting, and then yards after the catch with 32. It still seems like Larry Fitzgerald is going to play the snap, uh, the slot for this team, playing 45 of 52 of his snaps inside the slot. Christian Kirk, that was a position that he played most in college. He played as a slot receiver when he was at Texas A&M. 14 of 45 snaps this week in the slot, so... It reminds me a little bit, and I saw, I believe it was, I think it was, who was it? It was either Graham Barfield or Scott, I think it was Scott Barrett. Scott Barrett was tweeting about how it reminds him of Nelson Aguilar. How Nelson Aguilar was forced to the outside when he first came into the league, right. and he was really not good. Yeah. And then when he was allowed to play the slot again last year, he excelled in that. Uh, so I do worry about that with Kirk, but I like the fact that he has familiarity with Josh Rosen. Um, so I'm willing to go as high as 7 8%. I think he, among all these wide receivers we're going to talk about, is the most widely available and is a guy who can contribute right away. Yeah, uh, so I, I think ultimately your theory of the backup, the backup quarterback with the backup wide receiver, it, it makes sense. You grow together. And certainly early round rookies, they probably have been rooming together and practicing together um, since the beginning. And I think there is something there. You saw it, Christian Kirk targeted a few times when Josh Rosen came in on that last drive of the game. Now, it's certainly easier to use your tight end, to use your veteran wide receiver in a Larry Fitzgerald and a Ricky Seals-Jones. I think that makes sense. For me, when it comes to bidding on Christian Kirk, I'm only going to bid a few dollars. I think there's some better wide receivers that are out there. I'm not blowing the budget. I'm not buying into the Cardinals' offense all of a sudden exploding because I don't think it will. Um, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I don't think the offense is going to be worse with Josh Rosen than it was with It can't be. It can't be. Josh, uh, coming into week three... But the Cardinals offense had scored six points. Yes. Sam Bradford was not throwing the ball downfield at all. I think he was throwing the ball more behind the line of scrimmage than he was actually uh, beyond the line of scrimmage. So he was literally just a check down king. A guy who got paid $20 million in the offseason to come in and just check the ball down for the Arizona Cardinals. That's a bad job by them. I, I will agree with you that it's still not an ideal offense. Their offensive right. line is not great. Yep. Um, so Josh Rosen is going to see a lot of pressure, especially in his first career start against the Chicago Bears on the road. So I'm not saying I'm going to get Christian Kirk in my lineup right away, but he's a guy I want to pick up and see what his rapport is like with Josh Rosen as a starting quarterback. We talked about rapport, and we talked about waiting and seeing. You can no longer wait and see on a guy like Tyler Boyd because A.J. Green hurt his groin uh, at the end, or really the beginning of the second half, um, in week number three, and Tyler Boyd went off. His first career 100-yard game, um, and this, a lot of that was with A.J. Green in the lineup. Tyler Boyd has certainly emerged this year for the Cincinnati Bengals, and yet, according to CBS Leagues, he's only owned in under 30% of leagues. People were not buying in, Frank, last week. 
Now it cost you, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight dollars last week. Now you're in the double digits. It's costing you over 10% of your budget to go out and get Tyler Boyd now this week. Uh, Boyd is one of those waiver wire finds that if you're desperate for me, like I wasn't a flex, and it's been enough on him last week. I'll, I'm going to check my bid when, when you start talking, but and it's been enough. And I didn't get a Tyler Boyd, who now is the number one wide receiver for Cincinnati, um, with AJ Green out if he is out, but certainly his mark is made with the Bengals. Yes, for sure. And I was aggressive on him on him last week uh, in the flex league. I spent thirteen dollars on him in a one hundred dollar budget. So. I, I believe we said anywhere from like 9 to 11% last week on him. That number this week is going to grow to over 20%. He went it's going to have to be 20 to 25%. He went in my league last week, just for example, like I said, $7. Right over that 7-8 range, I had bid 3 Now it's cost me in a major way. Yeah. It, it, I'm, again, it's going to go. You're going to have to spend 20 to 25% if you want to get him. He has 21 targets on the season, Greg. That's 18% of the target share. Last week, 132 yards. I thought this was really interesting. 113 air yards, 39 yards after the catch, 16.1 A dot. So he's working both in the slot and on the outside, but he's not being used as just a traditional slot receiver that runs quick slants and runs routes close to the line of scrimmage. He's being used down the field. They're targeting him on deep passes as well. You can see that in his air yards and and in his A dot. Uh, all, all of those categories led the Bengals in week three. Uh, that was obviously with A.J. Green a little bit banged up. But I will say his targets were still just at seven last week. On the season, he does have 21 targets, 18% of the target share. That's second on the team. But last week, he was behind Giovanni Bernard, Tyler Eifert, A.J. Green. Um, but I'm still willing to go as high as 20 to 25% if you really, really need the wide receiver help. Um, and especially with A.J. Green banged up this week, I know that A.J. Green wants to play because he's going back home in Atlanta where he played college ball at Georgia and him and Julio Jones have kind of been compared to each other. As long as they've been in the league, they were in the same draft together. So I know A.J. Green wants to get out there, but groin injuries are really, really tricky. I don't know that he's going to be able to. Absolutely. And if A.J. Green can't go, Tyler Boyd, crazy enough to say, he might be a top 24 wide receiver this week, Greg, based on all the injuries to the, Fal- to the Falcons secondary, as you see the Corey Parsons Corey just right in front of the camera and then starts talking to me. Oh, I have the camera still going. Producer Corey Parson joining the show in oh, studio. There you go. Producer Corey Parson. That <laughs> has a nice ring to it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Parson on the ones and twos. But you're right. AJ Green, um, those groin injuries do tend to linger. We'll hear more about them from inside injuries on Thursday uh, with Virginia and with Dr. A. Um, Tyler Boyd, the number one guy out there. I said it's going to cost you uh, quite a bit of money. Probably looking at 20%, I, I think, of, of your budget at this point. If you're hurting for wide receiver, I'm willing to go as high as 25% of my budget. Makes sense. I think, I think you have to be. Uh, Corey on the Frenzy yesterday started out a show saying, listen, Tyler Boyd is, is the guy in Cincinnati. A.J. Green, old news. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, Corey Parson. Said a lot of other things, too. Funny like, guy. Julio Jones has done also. So, <laughs> Calvin yeah. Ridley. Yeah. Better than Julio Jones. Absolutely. Uh, Juju yeah. might be better than AB, though. For more information like that, you'll have to check out uh, the Fantasy Football Friends. It comes your way in about a half hour from now. Um, Calvin Ridley, let's speak about him. He's owned a lot. He's owned and stashed pretty much everywhere, right? 70% or so. Of Probably CBS available leagues. in 10-team leagues, I would say. If he is available in 10-team leagues, number one, do you go out and pick him up? Number two, how much are you spending? 
Yeah, absolutely. He's a must-own player. Uh, like I was mentioning yesterday, when people were asking me, can both him and Julio Jones have value together? I think that's absolutely possible. Julio Jones is still a wide receiver one for fantasy, and I'm pushing Calvin Ridley inside my top 36. I think okay. he is a viable wide receiver three now. He still might be boom or busty because Mohamed Sanu is playing more snaps than him, but... Alvin Ridley is getting targeted more. 21% of the target share over the last two weeks. That is second most on the team behind only Julio Jones. But during that span, Greg, Alvin Ridley, 13 targets, 11 receptions, 210 yards, four touchdowns, 57.2 PPR points. Julio Jones during that same stretch, he has more targets. If you play in a, uh, a point-per-target league, yeah, you'll be great with Julio Jones. 10 receptions, that's one less than Calvin Ridley. 160 yards, that's 50 receiving yards less than Calvin Ridley. You don't, need, you don't need me to tell you this. He has zero touchdowns. He has 26 PPR points. That is 31 less PPR points over the last two weeks. Calvin Ridley absolutely needs to be owned, even in a 10-team league. If he's available in your league, I'm going as high as 30% of my budget, Greg. You're loving him. Absolutely loving him. Buy yeah, him. They drafted him for a reason. And the Falcons I told do you this, this in the preseason. You brought it up. You did bring it up. You said they do this. Roddy White and Julio Jones. They drafted Julio Jones to be the successor to Roddy White. Yep. That's exactly what they did. And they still had successful fantasy years together. I'm not here to tell you that Calvin Ridley is just all of a sudden going to take over Julio Jones and be the wide receiver one on this team. Yep. But can it happen in two or three years from now? It certainly could. Right. And both guys can be fantasy viable together. We've seen it done before, Greg. Now, other wide receivers that could be out there uh, this week. Mike Williams is on the list. 48% of leagues. I know people love Mike Williams. You, sir, love Mike Williams. You're one of, the, one of those guys. Uh, Corey mentioned Keenan Allen as somebody yesterday that falling by the wayside, right? Mike Williams stepping up, the number one wide receiver. When I was talking yesterday about training for Keenan Allen, um, you said, is he the guy? If you're Phil- you literally asked me, if Phillip Rivers is in the red zone, who are you throwing to? Keenan Allen or Mike Williams? And my response was probably Mike Williams. If Mike Williams is out there for you, how much would you spend? I think... He's right in the same range as the rest of these guys. I don't know that he has the same opportunity, but he's going to be in that 20 to 25% range. He should be owned in more than 48% of leagues, should be owned in 10-team leagues, and should be owned in 12-team leagues because he does have immense upside. I, I don't think he's actually going to supplant Keenan Allen because they play different roles on their team. Totally. Obviously, Keenan <laughs> Allen is still the go-to guy. He's dominating targets for this team, uh, but he's more of the possession guy. He's the guy that Philip Rivers leans on more often. But where we're seeing Mike Williams take over is that he has, he has 13 less targets on the season than Keenan Allen, yet he has 20 more air yards this year. So yeah. he's being targeted more so as the down-the-field threat. We're seeing guys like Travis Benjamin kind of fall by the wayside. He's not really playing much anymore. His snaps are going way down for the Los Angeles Chargers. Tyro Williams is still playing more than Mike Williams, which is annoying, honestly, but... He is not being targeted as, as much as Mike Williams down the field. Uh, he's not being targeted more overall. And, and Mike Williams um, is being targeted in the red zone. He has three red zone targets to Keenan Allen's four, but obviously has the, uh, the three targets, I mean the three touchdowns this year, and I believe Keenan Allen only has one. Um, but Mike Williams is playing more overall over the past two weeks. Week one, 53% of the snaps. Weeks two, 69% nice. 67.3% in weeks three. I kind of I want to see Mike Williams start to supplant Tyrell Williams, though, and get that up into the 75 to 80% right. of the snaps, which I think will happen the more that the season goes on. I agree with that. I agree with that. The more he gets his legs under a little bit, the more comfortable that Phillip Rivers f- feels throwing him. I He's a man-child, though. You yeah, absolutely. Play, like, both of his touchdowns that he scored this week, I'm watching in my house, I'm like, 
this guy is unstoppable because if if you're game planning to stop the Chargers, who do you stop? You're going to try and stop Keenan Allen, who right. could be a PPR monster and rack up easily you know, 10 to 15 receptions on you yep. if he wanted to, if Phillip Rivers wants to go that route. Or they could throw the ball double-digit times to Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. So who do you try and stop? You try and stop all these other weapons. Mike Williams is going to have single coverage. And right. we saw that when that happens, in the red zone especially, no one's going to be able to stop him one-on-one. He's a six-foot-four wide receiver who runs good routes, has strong hands, and he can jump out of the gym. This is the reason why he was drafted as the what, sixth or seventh overall player last year? I'll go as far as to say he might have more value than Corey Davis right now already, who was being drafted five rounds earlier. I agree with that. Mike Williams, Corey Davis, taken essentially back-to-back in last year's draft. People love Corey Davis, man-child as well. But his quarterback situation, his offense, it's not great. Now, there were times this week, by the way, that Corey Davis looked really good. Like, get the ball in his hands and he can make some stuff happen. The offense is not the offense that the Chargers have. Just not. You put Corey Davis yeah. in that spot, it may be very, very different. It's Blaine Gabbert or a Marcus Mariota dealing with uh, a nerve issue, which we really don't know much about. They're clearly not going to throw the ball down the field. That is where Corey Davis would excel. But if you look at the Titans' offense, no pass catcher is excelling on the team right now. It's not Rashard Matthews. It's not Tywan Taylor. It's not John U. Smith. Like, their offense is just absolutely abysmal, and they're actually competing in games just because their defense is playing great. Now... Other wide receivers that are out there that I, I talked last week about dropping Sterling Shepard. I said that I, said I was that, with you. I said that to you every, everywhere. Had a really, really good game. And I think it's a direct result to Evan Ingram getting hurt. Now, Ingram, we'll hear more about him certainly on Thursday with Dr. A in Virginia as well. They're week, he's week to week. He's not day to day. He's week to week. He's not going to play this weekend. May not play next weekend either. That means Shepard's value is going up. But if he was dropped, probably worth picking back up. Yeah, especially in the short term, I will say that I don't think he has as much upside as any of the other wide receivers we talked about. I yet. agree. He probably has more upside than a guy like Christian Kirk just because of uh, the Arizona Cardinals offense. But, yeah, it's a direct correlation to Evan Ingram going down and Sterling Shepard just stepping up. And this is what we've said before the season, Greg. The reason why I didn't like Evan Ingram is because there's too many mouths to feed. And we've seen that already on the year. He's been inconsistent. He scored a garbage-time touchdown against the Cowboys, but... Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley are clearly going to touch the ball most in this offense. There's no question about that. And then on a week-to-week basis, it's either going to be Shepard or Ingram. But if Ingram's out, Shepard is clearly the number three guy in the offense. Correct. And we saw him score the touchdown this past week. And that's because defenses are trying to stop players like Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley. There's been two players that have been targeted inside the 10-yard line for the Giants this year. One of those targets has gone to Saquon Barkley. The other has gone to Sterling Shepard. That's what resulted in a touchdown this past week. There you go. There you go. Sterling Shepard, the number three option when Evan Ingram isn't around. And ultimately, number three isn't so bad in an offense that should be able to move the ball. I agree. He's way below all these other guys we've talked about, the Mike Williams, the Tyler Boyds, the Calvin Ridley's of the world. Uh, but Sterling Shepard's certainly uh, worth talking about. Some other wide receivers before we hit the break. Let's go to Green Bay and talk about Geronimo Allison. You talk about number three targets. Geronimo Allison's Probably number three, maybe number four, depending on where you value Randall Cobb. But he's a threat to score a touchdown really any week when Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball. That's why I like to draft him, uh, and that's why I think he's probably worth picking up. I think he's a good bench guy, probably a good bike guy. Yeah, he absolutely is. And, you know, I was watching um, the Lineup Lock Live show on, uh, on Sunday morning, and Corey, to his credit, said that Geronimo Allison is a weak in week out starter in PPR and it doesn't it surprises you but he's had at least 12 PPR points in each of his first three games 
Um, you still want to see those targets come up. He's third on the team in terms of target share. Randall Cobb's getting targeted a lot still, and that's annoying for Geronimo Allison owners. But Allison right now is the one that's actually putting up the points. So I would still rank him behind Ridley Boyd and Mike Williams, probably ahead of Sterling Shepard just because he's the number three in a better offense in Green Bay. I agree with that. Jory Nelson's owned 64% of fantasy leagues. Frank, you picking him up? No. Yeah, same. <laughs> we'll be back with the running backs. Go up next. There's only one place to listen to the best fantasy advice, and that's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. By downloading the FNTSY Radio Network app, you'll be blessed with having the top fantasy experts right in your pocket. You'll get award-winning and entertaining programs like the Roto Experts. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Fantasy best friends forever. Yo! Carton and friends. Yeah, buddy! And so much more. You feel what I'm saying? Download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app now and take the most trusted fantasy experts with you wherever you go. Back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And you can head on over right now to DailyRoto.com. It is the industry's leading daily fantasy site that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners and millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. Once there, you go to click, pre- click on Go Premium, use the same daily fantasy line optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. You're right, Corey. I have to rewrite these. And if it's sports wagering you're into... Click on the new Sports Betting tab, where you'll be able to use the same tools that will produce all those daily fantasy winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. Go to DailyRoto.com, enter in the promo code FNTSY, and you'll get a special discount. DailyRoto.com, the industry's website where millionaires are made, literally. Who's that? Your guess is as good as mine. All right, so some dude just walked in here. Uh, Corey the Bouncer did not do his job, it seems. Um, maybe he's a friend with Mike. He's kind of looking around, so uh, we'll figure it out after the program. We'll figure it out. Figure it out. No, figure it out. No big deal. Uh, are there any other wide receivers you want to mention, Frank, before we move on? I listed Antonio Callaway, uh, just 43% owned. He was targeted, I believe it was double-digit times last week in that Thursday night game. Uh, and this goes back to the whether you believe he was a backup or a starter all along in training camp, but he was likely working with Baker Mayfield a lot during the preseason, and Jarvis Landry has his role on the team. Uh, He has that Antonio Brown role in the Todd Haley offense, so he's going to easily be the most targeted player on this team. Yep. But I think Antonio Callaway has a role, um, and given how accurate Baker Mayfield was, I mean, the most accurate quarterback in college history in all three levels of the pass game, down the field as well, Antonio Callaway is going to have some value here. He's behind everyone that we've mentioned Except for, would you rather have Callaway or Kirk? Callaway. Yeah, I think I agree with you. But Callaway. it's close. Mm-hmm. It's close. But yeah, he's, uh, if, if all those other guys are owned from Ridley, Mike Williams, uh, Geronimo Allison, and if Callaway's available because he's only 43% owned, I think he's a, a guy worth mentioning. Yeah, I completely, completely agree uh, with all of that. Let me get some players to drop. You asked me a good one during the break. Mike Williams is out there. You're dropping, Mike, you're dropping Corey Davis or Mike Williams. Someone in the YouTube chat just asked the same question uh, about both Mike Williams and Calvin Ridley, and I said I would drop... And Tyler Boyd, throw him in there too. I would drop Corey Davis to certainly get Calvin Ridley right now. I'd do it for Mike Williams. I would. I mean, how long can you wait into a fantasy season? I agree, man. Especially, you know, if you're dying for a win. Look, if you drafted Corey Davis in the fifth or sixth round where he was going, 
then you probably need help at the wide receiver position right now. You can't afford to wait. Ideally, I would want to hold on to him. I still think that he has upside. But based on everything that we've seen from this Titans offense, it's just not clicking right now. Blaine Gabbert, Marcus Mariota with the injury. Uh, they're not throwing the ball down the field. They're not getting creative with Corey Davis, something that we thought that they would be doing. But it just hasn't worked out. So I'll take the production of what you're getting out of all three of those other guys right now than what you're getting out of Corey Davis. Listen, the fact is Morgan Mariota can barely grip a football. And I don't mean that to say that like haphazardly. Like He's having trouble doing it. He's not going to be able to throw it downfield because he's not going to be able to have the touch on it. And Marcus Mariota really relies on touch. I'm very, very worried about the value of a guy like Corey Davis. Um, Chris Hogan. We talked about him yesterday. And I got some responses like, come on, you're not actually dropping Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan versus all the guys, the top guys that we mentioned. I'll leave Christian Kirk and, and Antonio Callaway out of there because I don't think you're doing that. But Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley, and Tyler Boyd, the top three options we'd say on the waiver wire this week. Potentially. You dropping Chris Hogan for those guys? I could see doing it in a 10-team league because that's those are the only leagues where I could see these guys being available. Okay. But even in a 12-teamer, again, it's similar to Corey Davis, not to the same extent because I still think that Chris Hogan has more upside because he plays in the Patriots' offense. And we saw that last year, even with Brandon Cooks around, even with Gronk around, even with James White catching passes. Yep. The first nine games that Chris Hogan played last year, he was a top 15 wide receiver. So he doesn't need a huge target share in order to be viable for fantasy. He's a guy that can... You know, if everything's working out, give you 60 yards and a touchdown every single week. Might not have crazy upside, but he still he has a safe floor, uh, or at least he did last year. But what he's doing so far this season, Calvin Ridley, Mike Williams, and Tyler Boyd all have established roles on their team, and they're producing right now, and Chris Hogan is not. So with guys like Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon on the mend on the way back, I think the outlook for those other three players just looks better right now. And especially if you need the help. Again, if you start 0-3 or 1-2, you're kind of like you're back against the, against the wall. You can't afford to wait on guys like Chris Hogan and Corey Davis forever. You need to win. And especially if those wide receivers are available, I would do it. But similar to Corey Davis, I wouldn't want to drop Chris Hogan, obviously. You know, you know how high I was on him? Yep. But if you need to win, then you have to pick up players who are producing. I'll say this. I'll do it for Tyler Boyd, for sure. Because I think Tyler Boyd... Right now, especially depending on how hurt A.J. Green is, could be the number one option in the offense. Numero uno, number one. I'll do it everywhere for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I could do it for Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams quite yet in a 12-team league. In a 10-team league, fine. In a 12-team league, I don't think I could pull that trigger. But how good do you feel about starting Chris Hogan this week after another dud? Again, it's been off-on. Like, week one was terrible, then he scored two touchdowns against the Jaguars, and that's what his upside can be. He, he could be matchup-proof because he has Tom Brady as his quarterback. And then last week against the Detroit Lions, he laid another egg. And this week he's going up against the Miami Dolphins secondary, which has been phenomenal this year, Greg. Yep. Xavier Howard, a guy that I've consistently brought up, is now shadowing opposing wide receivers. He did so last week against Amari Cooper, and he shut him down. And they, and they have Minka Fitzpatrick now, too, who is extremely versatile. He could play in the slot as a nickel corner. He could play as a safety. He did that last week, filling in as a starting safety. He could be used as a safety as a corner or a cornerback. This Dolphins defense is legit. They have a good defensive line. I agree. They have good pass rushers in Robert Quinn yeah. and Cameron Wake. And they have an underrated secondary right now. Mm -hmm. How great are you going to feel about starting Chris Hogan this week? Not great. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have Mike Williams ranked higher going up against the San Francisco 49ers defense, which is going to be without Richard Sherman. Will you have Calvin Ridley ranked higher as well? I will. 
Because in a game against, and I'm going to have Tyler Boyd ranked higher as well, even if A.J. Green plays. The Bengals and the Falcons right now are at 51.5 at their over-under. That's the second highest over-under behind only the Chiefs who are facing the Broncos just because the Chiefs have to have the highest over-under every single week. Of course. Because they're scoring nearly 40 points a game every single game. Yep. But that Falcons and Bengals game is going to be an absolute shootout on, from both sides. I think there's going to be points scored on both sides. Let me move on um, to some running backs before we have to cut the video feed here. Nothing really here. We talk about Buck Allen every week. I don't, kind of wanna, I don't really want to get into it again. Buck Allen, uh, you mentioned Chris Ivory here, depending on LeJean McCoy's availability for this weekend. You know, you wrote, Running back is an absolute crapshoot on, there's the, nothing on the waiver wire right now. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing. There's nothing to add. From the Eagles guys, Like you don't want to get involved in Wendell Smallwood. Even if Corey no. Clement is somehow available, I don't think he would be. But J.H.I. is expecting to be back this week, as is Darren Sproles. Yeah, I, I so think it, Doug Peterson actually said yesterday Darren just, Sproles will be this back. This is there. a complete Eagles jumbled up running back situation, which is really why I was not high on Ajayi coming into the season. Uh, and then Buck Allen, once again, you know, I spoke about him yesterday. He's scoring touchdowns. He's getting the goal line work. But he's getting like 20 yards a game. Yeah. He's going to have a game where he doesn't score a touchdown. The guy isn't going to score 16 or 20 touchdowns this year. So in the game where he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to give you 20 to 30 yards, maybe you know three or four receptions, and he's not going to do anything else. So he actually played more snaps than Alex Collins this past week in a game that set up well for Alex Collins. So I don't really know what else to say about that. But Buck Allen should be owned if you're an Alex Collins owner. No, question, no question about it. Now, as we get into tight ends and defenses here for a moment, Tyler Eifert's probably the number one tight end I'd want to own right now out of these dudes on the list. Um, he got involved. Obviously, CJ Uzuma is still involved, but I think Tyler Eifert woke up a little bit this week, which was nice. Yes, he certainly did. Uh, he easily had his best game of the season. Um, he was the second most targeted player on the team for the Bengals this week. So that's what we wanted to see. Um, well, not if you're a Tyler Boyd owner, but overall, if you like Tyler Eifert and his upside for the season, you wanted to see him bounce back and get some targets in this game, and that's exactly what he did. And again, we're going to just keep, we're gonna keep pounding this Falcons and Bengals game all week long, but we just saw uh, Ben Watson have like 70 yards receiving on five receptions yep. against the Falcons defense. So, uh, and they lost their top safety. They lost both safeties, actually. Uh, they lost their top cover linebacker. They lost Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, and Ricardo Allen. Those are the guys who are normally going to be faced with, uh, with guarding tight ends. And now Tyler Eifert seems like he's going to be in for a good matchup this week against the Falcons. So I agree with you, but I think that there are some other interesting names out there, uh, just to name a few. Ben Watson, 35% owned, going up against the Giants uh, this week. And we know what their woes were last year against guarding tight ends. They've been better this year for sure, but they haven't really faced a team that utilizes the tight end all that much. So I think Ben Watson is sneaky if you've lost Evan Engram. Um, and Vance McDonald, as well, is another one. I think this is a frustrating situation because week in and week out, how do we know if it's Jesse James, right. if it's Vance McDonald? I think the team wants Jesse James to be the blocking tight end and Vance McDonald to be that pass-catching tight end um, who, who can be versatile uh, as a receiver, uh, lining up at the line of scrimmage as well. Uh, that's obviously why they traded for him. So I think he has upside. Um, and then there's also Dallas Goddard. Shout-out to Jim Day, who's been a huge Dallas Goddard yep. fan all year long. Uh, just played, had it up here, 55 snaps in week three, which was by far uh, a season high. He played 17 in each of weeks one and two. Played 55 this week. That was 67% of the snaps. He, caught, uh, he was targeted seven times, 
caught all seven, scored a touchdown as well. So if Alshon Jeffrey is not back this week for the Eagles, I think Dallas Goddard is going to be a borderline uh, tight end one again this week. Yeah, I think it could be definitely a sneaky play with Dallas Goddard, essentially as the wide receiver three there in Philadelphia behind Zach Ertz and behind Nelson Aguilar. So I think that could be, as I said, a sneaky play there. Um, Players to drop. We'll get to the defenses uh, when we wrap up. I want to do this before we have to sign off YouTube. Players to drop. You've listed a whole bunch here, none of which are interesting to me. No, they're not. Because Robbie Anderson, Duke Johnson, Pierre Garçon, DJ Moore, John Ross, Anthony Miller, you're dropping all of them not thinking about it. Like, you'll drop them for anybody. Like, that's that, these aren't. Like, but they're, the owned, they're still owned in 12-team leagues, so that's why I wanted to mention them. Drop them all. Robbie Anderson, Duke Johnson, Pierre Garçon, DJ Moore, John Ross, Anthony Miller. You're dropping every single one of them. Fine. Let me get to the harder ones, right? I mentioned yesterday, we mentioned today earlier Chris Hogan and Corey Davis. I think those are really interesting. Rex Burkhead, I think, is droppable. I agree with you. Brandon Marshall, I think, is droppable. I agree with you. That was kind of all I had it, like, lined up. <laughs> well, we're in agreement. Uh, look, Rex Burkhead... What we said about him yesterday, right? Sony Michelle saw more snaps this week. Um, he was being used really as the early down guy. He had, what, 15 carries in that game, rushed for about 50 yards. Um, I, Rex Burkhead is banged up right now and just doesn't really f- seem to fit what the Patriots are doing. If they are playing with a lead and they want to run the ball, I think it's going to be a lot of Sony Michelle. And otherwise, it's just James White doing everything else. We even saw James White get some carries in that game late. Um, and he's obviously the pass catcher out of the backfield. We thought Rex Burkhead would be that Deion Lewis mold, that he could do a little bit of everything, but I think this injury is hurting him more than people are, more than they are leading on, um, which is why he left that game. I just don't think he has much value right now. Is Devontae Parker droppable? For any of the wide receivers we mentioned today, yes, absolutely. Uh, even... Even Callaway and Christian Kirk, I would say. Just because the Dolphins' target share right now, people don't realize Jakeem Grant leads this team in targets. Yeah. So it's just, it's another frustrating situation. It's really a wide receiver by committee, is which is what I've seen fantasy Twitter kind of refer to it as. Kenny Stills, that's why it's so frustrating with Kenny Stills. You're not going to know when to start him because he's only getting five targets a week, but he's catching these long touchdowns. So uh, whether it's Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker on a week-in, week-out basis, you're not going to know. That's going to do it for us on the video stream. We're going to sign off on YouTube now. We will, of course, be back tomorrow. Coming up next, Fantasy Football Frenzy, Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Ventra. For the next five minutes, we'll go, of course, on the radio and finish out our podcast, which you can hear on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us. Give us five stars, leave a comment, and most importantly, subscribe. We really appreciate it. Frankie, can you drop Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. <laughs> You've got nothing. I got nothing. Who, who, who went over the players? Who are some defenses? Who are some defenses this stream? So what I wrote down this week is the Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, Agreed. going up against the rookie quarterback, the Seahawks are starting to get healthy now and had a big week last week against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns are still only owning sixty-eight percent of leagues, and the Oakland Raiders are in the bottom five in terms of. Uh, Offense points scored on the season, uh, so their offense is not moving well right now. Even if they're home against uh, in the black hole, uh, I think the Browns' defense has proved to us that they are legit at this point. And this is just a really deep, uh, just based on the matchup. The Cowboys are not scoring a lot of points right now. Dak Prescott is turning the ball over. I wrote the Detroit Lions in because they looked much improved last week against the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. There you go. 
And I think it's very, very interesting. I like the Packers um, against the Bills. I think they're going to be they're going to be out there. Uh, the Lions obviously looked improved against the Patriots, um, like you said. And the Browns are good defense. That's just what it is. They are. Yeah. I mean, Miles Garrett is a, a, a freak of nature. Uh, they have Ogan Joby on the defensive line. Yes, He's absolutely getting it done right now too. Denzel Ward is playing the part of a top five pick uh, in the NFL draft. He was the fourth overall pick, and and, and really does look the part. Uh, to this point in the season. So they have some pieces on defense there. Greg, I feel like we should just mention quarterbacks real quick. Sure, do uh, it. Just because Jimmy Garoppolo went down with yeah, injury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and if these guys are available, uh, I think Andy Dalton leads the charge. Totally. Uh. <laughs> it depends. Like, is it for the week or for the season? Do you think Baker Mayfield has more season-long I value do. than Andy Dalton? I think I do. Does he, though? I don't know. It's fun. Like, Andy Dalton, it's definitely more fun. I'm not going to dispute that at all. Like, you don't want to own Andy Dalton. You don't see much upside there. But he's the QB 12 on the season so far. And I, I referenced the numbers. Since Bill Lazor has taken over as the offense coordinator last year, it's now 17 games. It's something like last week it was 31 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. So I think he had 2-2. Two and two. So it's like 33 touchdowns and 11 interceptions over his last 17 games. That's pretty efficient. Yeah. And he's getting it done in this Bill Lazor offense. So uh, multiple touchdown passes in four straight games dating back to last season for Andy Dalton. I'm going to keep... Just hammering this game against the Falcons, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, and that Falcons defense has allowed 335 passing yards and three touchdowns in back-to-back games. So I like Andy Dalton for this week more than, more than Ryan Tannehill, more than Baker Mayfield. And I think I like him most for the season long as well. Okay. Well, it's not the sexiest option, I'll agree with you. No, it, it, it's not. But I understand, I understand where you're coming from. If you need Jimmy G, Andy, Andy Dalton, certainly a guy on the waiver wire. Or maybe you started Blake Bortles last week when we thought was a great matchup. You were streaming quarterbacks. That didn't work out for you. Uh, Mayfield, Dalton, my favorite, too. Um, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, two quarterback leagues. You're out there. You picked up Josh Allen, like you said, last week. So they're starting quarterbacks. Yeah. The two quarterback leagues they have to be owned. Yes. Uh, Baker Mayfield might not have been owned because you know he wasn't starting. So right. people might have not rostered him. So... Obviously, in two quarterback leagues or in Superflex, you're going to be blowing some fab this week on Baker, on Josh Rosen, or on Josh Allen. Josh Allen, don't forget, sneaky legs, man. He can he can run. And he showed that last week when he hurled a defender in the middle of the field. Um, he was impressive, both throwing and rushing. That's going to do it for us. Fantasy Football Frenzy is up next with Corey Parson, Jim Day, and Chris Venture. My name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We're thanking Stanfield, too. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. hope.